Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. We acknowledge the traditional owners of country throughout Australia and recognize their continuing connection to land, waters, and culture. We pay our respects to their elders past, present, and emerging. Welcome to This Song Is Yours, a music podcast where we chat to a new guest each week, talk about their life and creative endeavours, and talk to them about some of the music they love. Our show works by chatting to our guests about music, their songwriting technique, and occasionally getting them to make you a playlist of the songs they love. Welcome to episode 123. I'm your host, Simon Fink. Our guests today are Broken Social Scene. The legendary Canadian indie music collective have released a new Rarities and B-Side collection today, entitled Old Dead Young. In today's episode, we're speaking with band co-founder Brendan Canning about rediscovering some of their old music, his memories of Australia, and writing songs for Scott Pilgrim vs. The World. Here we go. Our guest today is one of the many members and one of the co-founders of iconic indie band Broken Social Scene. With some of their classic songs, including Anthems for a 17-Year-Old Girl, Sweetest Kill, and Lover Spit, the band are today releasing a compilation record entitled Old Dead Young, B-Sides and Rarities. Please welcome to This Song Is Yours, Brendan Canning from Broken Social Scene. Hello. Hello, Simon. Hello. <laughs> How are we? Yeah, we're good. We're good. It's cold as a motherfucker here today. Whereabouts are you uh, joining us from today? Uh, I'm in downtown Toronto. Oh, beautiful. Beautiful. What's it? Uh, mm-hmm. middle. It's Where are we now? January. So it is like the peak winter. Yeah, I'd say it's, it's peak winter <laughs> when it's hard to get your chihuahua out the door. <laughs> um, Brendan, thank you very much for joining us today. Uh, this week is an exciting week as there's a new Broken Social Scene record that is coming out in the form of the Rarities Collection, Old Dead Young. Yeah, very exciting. I mean, you know, it's it's not like a new album, but it's like lots of songs that I think will get their chance uh, in the sunshine, as it were. You know, a few ones that got uh, slipped through the cracks. Of course, I think um, I think Broken Social Scene does have the kind of following where any form of uh, release that you guys put out, people are kind of chomping at the bit to to hear. So it is, is very exciting. Um, with a rarities collection, I always do find it interesting because you're kind of going back through the archive and picking uh, picking up and looking at and reviewing a number of kind of tracks that you've listened to. Where did the idea to release the Rarities uh, record in 2022 kind of start from? Uh, if my memory serves, I think uh, really a guy named Cam Reed at our label here in Toronto, Arts and Crafts, uh, he was really gunning for it. And, you know, because we're, we're in a kind of funny position, you know, we 
it's a pandemic. We don't really see one another. The communication is not amazing. And there's no one really taking a strong lead within the band some days. So it's good to have that one person who's been with you for a while now and can kind of like provide you with just some sort of overview of where your career is at. Because when you're in the thick of it, you know, it's not like I would wake up in the morning and say, God, you know what I want to do? I want to go through all the old songs. <laughs> no, it's just, I don't, uh, I'm not a huge fan of looking at uh, one's career in the rearview mirror. But uh, in the same breath, I mean, when the idea came about and then we started putting the songs together, we're like, oh, damn, this is this is a good compilation. I don't know where, why we're calling it B-sides because it's, you know, they could have very well have been A-sides. Like it's such a, you know, because we're not really like a, a top 40 band. Uh, well, we're not at all a top 40 band. Um, uh, yeah, you know, they're just, at the end of the day, it's just music. You know, these are the ones that didn't land on an album. But I guess you call them B-sides because they didn't land on an album. But they are rarer, that's for sure. Um, but lots of good tunes. That's what I'm kind of curious about is that when you do, as you said, you're not kind of proactively going back and looking at the past all the time, but when you do get the opportunity to kind of revisit some of these songs, are there some that are now reframed slightly differently or that you've come across and you're like, oh, shit, why didn't we put that on that record or whatever? Yeah, of course. And lots of songs are like, oh, why wasn't this like in our set list on the regular? You know, or why did that song make the last album, but this one didn't make the last album? And why did we push for this song to be a single one? In my <laughs> opinion, oh, like, 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 let's say, for instance, a song like the song Old Dead Young, it kind of only got released on the, the vinyl version of Hug of Thunder. But I, you know, for my two cents or whatever, it's like that's a very spirited, broken social scene tune, which should have got a little more love so maybe it'll get some more love this time around i mean it's you know it's hard to know where you stand when you're t you know that's been the one hard thing for me personally it's just it's like where do we even stand as a band or musician because it's like you're normally out there at least greeting the people uh on some kind of regular basis so to not have that yeah, it's it's strange, but uh, I'm happy that, you know, it brings me to this conversation, chatting with someone in Adelaide. So it's like, yeah, okay, Simon cares. <laughs> you start to forget, you start to forget about, like, your existence as a band or as a band member. You just, all you can think about is like, oh, well, it's cold outside and everything is shut down and locked down. So uh, I'm just going to try and get through today. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I know I know that there's definitely more than one person from Adelaide, Australia that cares about <laughs> this record. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'd love to be, you know, planning a trip to go back to Australia. Please. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it gets a little trickier as time goes on, but yeah, I mean, I have incredible memories of playing in Australia and thank God I you know, thank God we put out some music that brought us over there to begin with. <laughs> well, you and I were talking just before we started recording about um, St. Jerome's Laneway Festival and, and uh, 
broken social scene coming over, I think we were discussing maybe mid to late 2000s, not 100% certain on the year, but maybe 2008 or nine. Yeah, because we did it in 2000 and I want to say six, and then we did it again maybe two years later. But instead, it might have been 2010. I can't remember exactly, but uh, yeah, that was put on with this guy, Danny. Like, I can't remember Danny's last name at the top of my head. And uh, Spiral Stairs from Pavement was, uh, what was his official title? Director of Directions. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> it's like, you really are a funny guy, Spiral. Anyway, <laughs> hope he tunes into this. The last time that you were here, I think it was um, for, so there was Naomi, I think it might have even been Splendor in the Grass, one of our other festivals here. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that was that was probably the last time. Yeah, I can remember like finishing that gig and listening to like late night triple R radio. Just like, oh damn, this is an amazing show. Like, I want to know every <laughs> that the DJ is playing. Uh, yeah, I I know we played Splendor in the Grass, and then I don't know what else we played on that trip. That one's a bit foggy. We must have played. You know, corner hotel or something. I I would yeah put my money on that it. it would be some uh, somewhere in Melbourne or somewhere um, like the corner. Yeah. yeah. When you are touring with Broken Social Scene, and it does kind of link back into um, this uh, rarities collection. Bro- uh, the band is known for being such a, uh, I guess a famous collective of musicians and that you're all in this incredible band, but then the offshoots are that I know that there's your solo project. Kevin has his solo project. uh, Leslie has Feist. There's stars. There's countless other bands. How do you go? Firstly, I imagine the admin is just absolute torture. Uh, Yeah, I've definitely become... You know, there are a lot of days where it's like, oh, yeah, glad I'm really flexing my admin skills today, <laughs> which seems to be, you know, once you've written a bunch of tunes, then it's a, and you go on tour, but then it's like, okay, now comes the real work. It's like, let's try and put this together and, you know, do budgets. And not that I'm like a great person who does this. Kevin's dad has been helping us along the way since you know, the get go, uh, making sure we don't do yet another tour. It's like, guys, we didn't make any money on this tour, but we made this, <laughs> I know, but the overage costs on the flight, I mean, you know, all the hidden costs and all the question marks of who's available, but we have had a regular squad that goes out for the most part for most of our career. And there, but there has obviously been, subs coming in subs going out and picking up picking up players like picking up horn players in different cities picking up different we've done done tours where we've had you know we went out with no female vocalists so we had like two different singers in mexico city then we'd be in taipei and we'd have a different vocalist there and then uh i don't know somewhere like Coney Island, some festival in Coney Island. I just thought of that person who sang with us there. You know, so it's oh, and in New Zealand, I who's that Chelsea, I want to say like Chelsea Jade or something. I remember me, meeting her when she was like a teenager. She had a group called the Teacups. It was a long time ago. 
she's a cool singer. I don't know where she is now. Uh, but I, you know, you get all these opportunities to throw in different people who like your music and, uh, yeah, the admin, yeah, it's, it can be a bit of a nightmare, but at this stage, I'd, I'd, I'd be quite happy to take on all the admin work any day <laughs> versus what, uh, what we're being dealt with now. Of course. No, that's very fair. With, um, with the rarities compilation like this, I am curious how it kind of goes about picking the track list because I imagine that every, every person in the band kind of might have their favorite or one that stands out to them and what the, uh, the democratic process of is, uh, of, sorry, the democratic process is yeah. to, to select that track list. It's just a lot of, a lot of emails and, you know, I think, uh, I think once again, you know, having someone from the label to, to spearhead it is really helpful. Um, and I'm also not going to get too like too caught up in, Oh, I can't believe we're, we're not putting this song on or why are we putting this song on? You know, all those like regular kind of conversations that would happen when you make a record because you get, you know, make like in the studio and working on an album because you get a little more, uh, just personally, you're, you're more married to certain tunes. Um, but sort of looking back retrospectively, I think all those like emotions you may have had about one song or another song, they kind of fall by the wayside and you just, you just want to push, push the project along essentially. It's like, great. we got some album artwork. Looks good. Uh, we got a track listing. Okay. It's a little long. Maybe we should ditch one song, but ultimately it was, it was not too difficult a process. Because, you know, there's always another rarities collection in five years, you know, or whatever. Like, who knows what, to, who knows what the future holds. Of course. I, I feel that um, with rarity collections or B-side collections or whatever, uh, like compilations, there's always, as you said, for... Um, for one reason or another, it might have not fit the project at the time or um, whatever else it may be that didn't get it included on a record. I feel that sometimes the rarity collections also showcase the band's um, song titling skills. I feel like sometimes rarity collections show that there's a few more a few more like obscure song titles. Um, and I feel that this collection isn't any different from that with some of the titles. I feel like, um, uh, what was it, Golden Facelifts is... It's an interesting title. Golden Fist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know why that did. I feel like that came very close to making an album, but at the end of the day, it didn't. Who knows? <laughs> the um, the other one I thought that was quite interesting and that didn't make, uh, or it, it appears on this Rarities collection, but it does have its own merch, is Deathcock, which I thought was quite interesting. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was like that's the very first thing we ever recorded as a band, uh, and our introduction to the studio and the producer Dave Newfeld, where we recorded uh, "You Forgotten People" and the self-titled record. Um, and Deathcock was just yeah, it was some character Kevin had, and uh, yeah, I don't know, he used to have this trucker hat with a little death cock symbol on it and uh 
yeah, it was just kind of like Deathcock was a little character. And uh, yeah, I guess that song was, yeah, that song was originally for like this, like songs about pets. It was going to be called Pet Songs. <laughs> uh, and because uh, that was, you know, originally like Kevin's hamster named Morir. Or no, a gerbil, a gerbil. Because those are the lyrics. It's like my gerbil, my gerbil, more ear. Uh, so yeah, I think that yeah, Deathcock, and then Golden Face of so that. Yeah, Kev has been really, you know, he's a good good song titler. I'll get in a few here and there, but uh, he's uh, he's pretty deft in that department. <laughs> I do look forward to seeing possibly any future rarities collections with more song titles and, and, and how obscure we can get. Yeah. I think, you know, when the next, I think from this moment on, I'm really going to flex my song titling. Uh, <laughs> Cause I, you know, life is too short not to have ridiculous song titles. <laughs> I agreed. Agreed. Um, talking about some of your own work as well. And I hope that you'll indulge me a little bit. Um, we've obviously, oh, <laughs> we've got this, uh, broken social scene rarities collection, but you yourself, uh, have worked on, um, countless other projects as your solo project. There is a, a number of films that you've kind of worked on as well and, and helped write music for. I know that yep. I think there's a track from it's kind of a funny story appears on the rarities collection. I was hoping to talk about Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Oh yeah. Yeah, sure. I know that uh, recently celebrated its 10th anniversary and that you helped contribute to that soundtrack and to the, the, I guess, the score or the music within the film as well, which is now this incredible cult classic. Do you, um, do you remember, I guess, the experience of writing that at the time? I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Yeah, I mean, we were involved in that film on a few different levels because uh, there was the first thing was writing music as Crash and the Boys, which was the band in the film. And uh, Edgar, the director, showed us the picture of the drummer, you know, this little 17-year-old kid <laughs> giving the camera the finger. So, and I just sort of said, oh, yeah, you want like a DRI, Napalm Death kind of thing? So I'm like an old you know, hardcore metalhead kind of guy. And, uh, so we just like spent an afternoon writing these like fast, like he's like, <laughs> and Kevin did the vocals and then got, uh, the actor Eric to sing them. Uh, and yeah, I think 
two of them made the Scott Pilgrim album. I got the vinyl here somewhere. Uh, so that was super fun. You know, we hate you, please die. And doing these like, <laughs> so sad. It's like, this... well, it's pretty fun to write a four second song. And, you know, you can, you know, any time you get to reference, it's like, oh yeah, Napalm Death was an influence. And, you know, that's kind of a fun thing. Um so there was that level. Then they licensed uh, one of one song. I think they licensed Churches Under the Stairs. It sneaks in there. And then uh, Anthems is in there, obviously, as well. And then Nigel Godridge had Kevin and I come to London and then work on like for a week with some songs with a great engineer named Drew Brown. And we went to Nigel's studio, uh, which was in Soho at the time, um, and just replaced because uh, Edgar had used some temp music from Feel Good Lost. So we were just kind of replacing that Feel Good Lost kind of vibe. Um, and that, uh, yeah, we actually have like a 40 minute, I'd, I'd listened to it this summer, like a 40 minute compact disc of the sessions with Nigel Godridge, which I'd love to release at some point. Um, but you know, Nigel's a little busier than we are. Uh, you know, he's super famous, you know, all that kind of stuff. But, uh, yeah, that was really cool. I mean, it's great to be, you know, just have that film, you know, whether it's that film or a film like Half Nelson with Ryan Gosling, which is another one we were involved with, which is another great one, you know, compared to, I, just randomly with my girlfriend last night, we watched uh, The Canyons, which is uh, a film I worked on that Paul Schrader, uh, the guy who wrote Taxi Driver, yeah. directed. Uh, and uh, uh, Lindsay Lohan. Uh, yeah, yeah. But it's it's just a shit film, mostly. <laughs> uh, like, you know. Like, some of the acting and some of the writing. Who The guy who wrote American Psycho. Uh, oh, um... Oh. And Lesson Zero. This is going to kill me. Yeah. He's a fa- I know. He's a famous guy. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Good. It's good. I don't remember his name. Anyway. He, you know, some of the... It was like just... A re- I was watching it last night. Just like, oh my God. Because I, I... I was just like casually talking about it. And then before I knew it, Britt had pulled it up on the screen. And I was like, oh... Well, I didn't really want to watch it, but now that it's up here, yeah. Kind of funny going back and seeing what you spent like two months on. Yeah, of course. It, so, yeah, so it, so. point being, it's nice to be looking back on Scott Pilgrim or Half Nelson or any of those, any films that you're a little more proud of, I guess. Of course, of course. I imagine it just also allows you with projects like that to kind of uh, flex a different musical muscle in a way. Yeah. For sure, for sure. Anything, you know? Of course. Uh, with, um, I guess, speaking of, of selecting musical muscles, has there been any new music written from yourself in the last number of months while we're uh, all still currently going through this this pandemic? Um, yeah, I mean, I've been playing a lot of piano and just trying to become a better piano player. Um, so I, I, there was a time there where I was like just going through all these old voice memos and sending them to a friend of mine. And she's 
she hasn't recorded any music or, you know, or at least hasn't released any music. She's in her mid thirties. She's a killer singer. And I kind of caught her right after her mother's death. And it's very, yeah, it's some raw music. It's very, very different from anything I've done before. A lot more macabre and a lot more minor chords and sort of diminished chords and like for the lack of better word like old timey sounding but with a peggy lee type like huge voice kind of thing Mm -hmm. but i honestly don't know what to do with that right now because it's a bit unconventional and it's not like okay we're gonna start a band and do this music like i'm not sure what to do with that um there's a we were working with a young guy on a bunch of songs that he had once again like someone who's not out there uh you know going through the archives again it's like oh what am i doing with these songs and then send them to this woman i had a a group with called cookie duster and she sent back her vocal ideas i'm like oh man these are great like i love working with gene so lots of like little things like that you know or I, me and uh, my partner Ohad there, um, who's in uh, Do Make Say Think as well, but I do a lot of the film composition stuff with him. Uh, we did like this short, we scored a short film for uh, this NBA doc. The NBA was doing like a bunch of short documentary films on the Toronto Raptors kind of thing. So I did that, you know, uh, just little bits and bobs, nothing major. Yeah. I don't know, like, okay, I'm going to make my pandemic album. It's like, yeah. And I've just, I'm working away. You know, I've, look, I've released lots of music. I've done lots of cool stuff. And uh, just, I really need to be around a few people freely yeah. to, to do what I do. I mean, that's, I haven't had a flourishing career because I've done it all myself, you know? Yeah. I've had a flourishing career because I've been lucky enough to work with this individual or work with this person or just even like you go out, you meet people. It's like, Oh, you know, the, the woman who played on my last solo record, you know, I was out one night and then I just heard her singing helpless a Neil Young tune. And she was behind the kit. I'm like, Oh my God, who is that singing? And it's like, Oh, it's Danny Nash. And then, you know, the next day she comes into the studio after her uncle's funeral and like lays down vocals. I'm like, oh, fuck, you're perfect, you know. But that was, you know, because I was going out to the barn, like the Cameron house, the bar up the street. So without out all those things, it's the idea of putting together recording projects just seems a bit... Uh, uh, just not the right thing to be doing right now i'm doing other stuff doing a bit of volunteer work with people living in tents and my mom's getting older you know so you got to be a little more around the house like out in the suburbs for her so you know you get bored a lot too but whatever you know it'll it'll be less boring when everyone's hopefully vaccinated and not uh we're all not dropping from the the bubonic plague or whatever it is agreed very very much agreed with them um, yeah there's my there's my long answer to uh, have i been recording any <laughs> <laughs> always getting it like sidetracked a bit 
No, no, no. Look, I, I appreciate the long answer. I enjoy a more detailed kind of response than a, just a yeah. simple no. Yeah. 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 No, nothing. Yeah. Nothing. I've been doing nothing. <laughs> I made butternut squash soup last night. Okay. <laughs> uh, just quickly touching on what you were saying about the venues. How is um, uh, Toronto and Canada been dealing with, in terms of, I don't want to get too pandemic-y because look, we've all been going through it for a while, but in terms of the music scene, uh, are venues open and are gigs being played there or is it kind of a bit touch and go? Uh, they were, mm-hmm. they were up until, a you know, we had a show booked at Massey Hall, which is uh, like your 2,500 seat uh, sit-down venue that had been going through and it's a famous, the most famous Toronto venue, basically. Uh, it had been going through three years of a, of a renovation. And we had shows booked there in December, which we bumped to April just to play it on the safe side. And then sure enough, you know, like when all the venues were open, we were, I mean, we were going out a lot to shows like Caribou's playing. Yep. Going to that one. Or, you know, going to see like a jazz quartet at the Rex Hotel, you know, just everything and anything. It's like if there was a gig, fuck, I would definitely go in there just to. Oh, if there's like Toronto Raptors games, yeah, I'm going to those. Is there a local soccer team? I'm going to those. Like, but now everything's locked down, no shows. So currently we got another three weeks or a month of this bullshit. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I can imagine when this current lockdown is over that I think people will just be going bananas to get out. 100%. Especially in the winter. It's cold as a motherfucker here, you know? It's like, it's currently right now, it's like you kind of, you know, even like on a Saturday afternoon, you can go up and hear music. But, I mean, currently you can't. So, anyway, there's that. But yeah, no shortage of venues, you know, and people just chomping at the bit to get out there. Yeah, yeah, it's um, yeah. I think, uh, yeah, in Australia, it's been even throughout the winter, and now we're into summer, and gigs just still aren't happening because of restrictions or capacities where they don't let. I think they let twenty five percent of people in, which bands and venues can't survive on. No, and. Also, like that, you know, that gig I was talking about at Massey Hall. I mean, you wait your, you know, you can wait a career and finally you get to play like the classic venue and you're headlining and you walk out on stage and you look out, it's like, oh, it's a half full room. Yeah. Oh, this is kind of disappointing. This is nothing like <laughs> you imagine, you know, you imagine a full room and, you know, because you need that, you need the full room for the energy. I mean, it's, you know, we had, it's not, rocket science we all know how gigs work it's like the more crowded it is without you know breaking any serious laws uh it's always more fun because you know, you're packed in and everyone's collectively feeling the vibe yada yada exactly a 25 percent capacity room is like well you know yeah yeah we all know we all know what it is yeah look fingers crossed it's something it's, yeah yeah fingers crossed right you know just Hope for the best. Exactly. What else can you do? Exactly. Um, yeah. Brendan, lastly, we would usually ask, I guess, what they're currently listening to. If there's uh, something that's taken your fancy, whether it be an album or a, a track by a certain band or artist. Um, oh, you know what I was going to do? I was going to throw you a real curveball because I was <laughs> listening to this 
track. Hang on. I'm going to go off video for a second here. Let's see if I can find it. Because uh, this song, I was just like, what the fuck is this song? <laughs> uh, I'll give you, uh, wait, do I have it here? Romney, what? Hang on. Let's see. Oh, yeah, here you go. It's uh, Wooch, W-O-O-C-H, by, and here's the word, K-H-U period E-E-X. K-H. And it's the song, yeah, here, I'll get the spelling for you. Wooch by K-H-U period E-E-X. And the song I heard on the radio, on my local college radio, is called Receiving Alien Transmission. And you can only find it on Bandcamp. But it was, it's, I was like, how is, it's like some, you know, native group out West, uh, Western Canada, or possibly in Washington. And I was like, how is this so funky? I've never heard of it. And it's got like a Captain Beefheart kind of vocal. It came out, I think, 2016 or 2018. But it's Bernie Worrell on the keys. Uh, Parliament Funkadelic, Talking Heads, you know, yeah. legend that he is. And I was like, oh, my God, this, like, this song is fucking so good. <laughs> anyway, that's like basically the greatest discovery of the pandemic was that, uh, that one track. But then, you know, other new music, you know, whatever. How about the Little Sims record? Uh, about the Joy Orbison album. Yeah, yeah, Joy Orbison I liked a little bit, too. Uh, I buy old records, too. You know, what did I, what did I get? Oh, I got like a John Coltrane Kulu C. Uh, easier to go into the other room. I got all my albums in there. <laughs> That way I can just say, it's like, okay, here's what I'm listening to. Uh, uh, well, there's a Parliament Funkadelic record on top. There's a Howlin' Wolf record with uh, that one he made with uh, with Eric Clapton, Steve Wynwood, and Bill Wyman, and Charlie Watts. Uh, oh, this was a good compilation. I got this one here. Let's see if I get some light on that one. This one. Oh, nice. Yeah, from the high record, the people that brought you Al Green. Yeah, yeah. There's some. There, there's "She's Miss Wonderful" by Bobby McClure. That is a jam. Um, Look at the boy by Gene Plum. That's another great song on this comp. Uh, you know, you go through the records here. It's like, okay, what do we got? The K, the KGs. Uh, they're like comparable to like Cool and the Gang. There's that one. They're all like my Boxing Day purchases. But then there's a Mad Villain record there. Then there's a Motorhead record. Then there's this, you know, I don't know if you ever caught that one, The Ship Without a Sail. The, no. The T.L. Barrett and the Youth for Christ Choir Sings. It uh, came out on Light in the Attic years ago. It's a wicked record. Wicked gospel record. There's Sonic Youth, Sonic Nurse. Uh, did you ever hear of... Uh, Ali X. Ali X. The name is Isabel. She should, I feel like she should be way more famous. Like she made a really pop record called Cape God. Mm -hmm. You know, this is the picture of her. Oh, yes. Yeah, I recognize the cover. 
Yeah, that's yeah, that's the sleeve. Anyway, I don't I don't see how she's not more famous. She's a pal of mine. She went to Los Angeles to you know play in the pop world. Yeah, you know, like this Miguel record that was huge. But her record, I just don't understand. Anyway, there's she. Oh yeah, this compilation, uh, Muga Disco or Muga Disco. Oh, nice. oh, that's a little shiny there. <laughs> okay, so, yeah. uh, anyway, something. This one's on uh, Analog Africa. It's a good label. Uh, yeah, you know, I'm always buying records. I mean, I'm trying to t- tone it down a little bit because I usually. It's like, okay, I can spend this much on records because I have some DJ gigs coming up, but not so many DJ gigs, so I spend a little less on records. But then there's some days during the pandemic, it's like you drop 350 bucks on some albums. And that's just the way it goes. Yes. Um, 100%. Sometimes. 100% agree with that. I think sometimes <laughs> the want to go out, you just kind of, the next best thing is is buying some records. So, And it's a very eclectic Yeah. Uh, collection so far from what you said from some of those bands so oh yeah uh, we oh and the other day yesterday we listened to uh always great do you know that band uh yes but with two v's yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Local, local group they're great they're great yeah made two two really good albums um yeah that's all i got for you which one was the the um archie marry me or marry me archie Great record. Oh, yeah, Mary Me Archie. Yeah. Right. I remember I I remember I told their label guy, I'm like, are you sure that's the single? Are you because that was like my least favorite song? He's like, uh, I think so. <laughs> I was like, okay, okay. Don't ask me to pick your next single then. I was like, oh, I don't know, man. I don't know if that's like that's not really that was fun anyway. <laughs> yeah, I got told that day. No, a, a great Canadian band along with Broken Social Scene. Um Brendan, thank you very much for your time today and congratulations again on Old Dead Young, which is the uh, new rarities and B-side collection from Broken Social Scene. Yeah, sounding like A-sides. Yes, exactly. Sounding like A-sides. Yeah, that's how there. I just gave the next uh, the next writer his, uh, his or her tagline yeah. or their tagline. Uh, well, th- uh, thanks for your time, Sam. Really appreciate it. And that's our show. A massive thank you to Brendan Canning for his time. Old Dead Young, B-Sides and Rarities is out now. And we've left links in the show notes if you'd like to buy the record. We also want to give a huge shout out to Juliet and Jen from The Oriole Co. for helping out with today's interview. If you like this show, please subscribe wherever you get your pods and stay up to date when new episodes are released. We now release new shows each Wednesday and Friday morning. We also have a Patreon, which you can find within the show notes of this episode. You can also follow the playlist profile on Spotify and you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook and TikTok. Until next week, cheers. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.